Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. I have an interesting guest today, someone who shares technical background like me, technology entrepreneur, and who moved into real estate. So I'm welcoming Colleen Tate to our podcast. And he's also author of Host Coach, the book he uh, he sent it to me. I got to read it. Looks amazing book for sure. And I really want to learn how short-term rentals work. So I'm looking forward to this episode. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Alpes. Absolutely. So Colleen, hopefully I didn't spill many beans, but tell us something interesting or funny about yourself. Oh, gosh. Um, well, two years ago, I moved to uh, Athens, Greece with my wife and son sort of on a whim for a year. Oh, wow. Right <laughs> before COVID? Right before or, COVID. Oh, my God. <laughs> so luckily, we front-ended a lot of our travel and uh, only uh, experienced COVID for the last two or three months that we were there. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, and then uh, what made you move back to, uh, to Athens? <laughs> <laughs> It was my son's fifth grade year in school, and um, he's also a pretty avid sports player, lacrosse oh, and baseball. Okay. And and the grandparents, he was the only uh, grandchild on uh, on both sides. We thought about sending him him back and staying ourselves. Oh wow, that would have been <laughs> nice, right? <laughs> grandparents just, need to take care of him. <laughs> just just kidding, but it was a great experience. We really wanted to. Uh, ah. Uh, open his eyes to other cultures and ways of life. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's one of the ways to experience other cultures, right? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a while before we started recording that you come from technology background. You have sold companies a couple of times. So why mm-hmm. did you choose real estate? You know, I think Alpesh, I think real estate sort of chose me. <laughs> um, I had purchased a, a, a cabin in 2015 uh, that I was adamant about not renting out. Uh, I, my wife and I always kid about that. But uh, then I started putting it on Airbnb. Some friends of friends wanted to stay there and uh, it just booked every weekend. It just started to book solid. Wow. And, and where so, was it? Um, so I operate in the Blue Ridge Mountain area on the East Coast. Okay. So, uh, more specifically for me, the Shenandoah Valley. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, as you said, sold, I sold a company in 2018 and, you know, sort of did the entrepreneur head scratch. You know, I've, I've started, founded, you know, I was 49 at the time and thinking to myself, I got to start, you know, what's the next big thing? You know, I got to scale right. something up, right? But uh, that cabin was really making good money and I'd always been very real estate curious. And so I decided to make the leap and I ended up purchasing uh, three properties that summer of, of 2018. That's awesome. So, so it just started as uh, maybe your second home or something, right? Exactly. And 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 that that turned into a hobby. That okay, if I can just mm-hmm. rent it out, and that's amazing. That's a great story. And I think that is why you are not in the you know long term real estate game mostly, right? Because you figured out or you cracked the code on the short term side. You're like exactly. this, this thing works for me. Why why you know try to reinvent the wheel? That's a wonderful thing about real estate. There's a there's a so many different angles, and so yes. many different ways. You know, I had had a few um, long-term, I had a couple condos, but I didn't enjoy them. Um, 
and I ended up selling them. I, I didn't enjoy it, and the, I didn't have enough of them really to have the cash flow be meaningful. So um, sold those and found my fire in short term. That's awesome. And, and so most of my podcast guests have been long-term holders, but I have also interviewed about four or five short-term rental guys. So, but mm-hmm. I want to know more about how you automated your process and why, um, uh, and, and how did you hack the algorithm? But before then, what was your, so first cabin you bought it just for yourself? What right. was your very first real estate investment? Like this would be an investment property. So that summer, um, I purchased one property from a wholesaler, but it needed some work. Okay. It took about five or six months. We needed to drill a well and build a driveway and renovate. Uh, that same summer, an opportunity came across uh, to buy another cabin that was already a short-term rental. So it was you know, a turnkey. And that owner had a second cabin that was not on the market. And I was able to convince her to sell it to me off market. So... So when you bought your first cabin, your idea was to use it for your own. So sure. for second cabin, how did you run your numbers? What did you look at? What did you base off the base those numbers off? Well, I was operating the first cabin and they're only a few miles apart. Ah. And so I knew, I think at the time those cabins were doing around $6,000 a month in gross. Nice. So I had the numbers. I knew my gross and I knew my expenses and so I was able to, you know, I knew the cost of the new cabin was uh, 170000 for the one right. and 200000 for the second. And so I knew that I was going to have real strong cash flow. Oh, that, that makes sense. And so your book, book's name is Host Coach, right? So it seems you are coaching um, some people like me to become hosts, right? What are some of the qualities a super host should have, right? Because when I go to Airbnb, I look at, oh, it's a super host. And I, mm-hmm. I usually go ahead and book their property because I think they have done, they've gone above and beyond. Their properties are much nicer or maybe they are more communicative. So what are some of the qualities a super host should have? I think a super host differs from your, you know, a typical um, host in two ways. One, first, in terms of professionalism, super hosts are gauged on their response rates. They're gauged on not canceling on people and they're gauged on their, their reviews. So to be a super host, you have to really have a level of professionalism. Um, and I think you also have to secondly have to like people. So, you know, that comes across in the way you set up your properties and the way you communicate and that's, again, what I didn't really like about long-term uh, renting. I, I didn't love my tenants and I didn't love it when they called. But when you approach hosting from a hospitality perspective, right. if you can do that, then it's rather enjoyable. Ah, that, that's, a, that's a pretty uh, niche quality, right? And there, there is a subtle difference between like, because I'm a long-term um, rental home, uh, you know, provider, right? And usually I don't deal with the tenants because I have property manager, but even when the property manager calls me that something broke, I'm like, ah, what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. But whereas you got to have that kind of quality. So who shouldn't invest in a short-term rental or who shouldn't buy in a short, buy a short-term rental? Because I have been looking into it for last three years, actually right before COVID, I was almost on a under contract in Orlando and I, I, I didn't pull the trigger. And then I was happy that, oh, I didn't pull the trigger because COVID happened. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but it seems actually Airbnb properties did first six months, they were bad. And then they did really uh-huh. good. So, yeah, we had about, about two, two slow months there. Yeah. Um, 
but then, yeah, it, it really took off after, you know, this was a good business pre COVID, but fundamentally the way people work and travel has changed. Yes. And so the businesses come back stronger from COVID. Yeah. So who shouldn't invest in short term rental? Like, I think people who, you know, lack passion, um, you know, if you're doing it just for return, uh, I tell people to pick a place, find their where, um, you know, find a place that, that you're excited about, that you wouldn't mind going, you know, with your family, say it's Orlando hmm. or a lake, a river. So if, you know, I, often I'll get the question, what's the best market to invest in? You know? But that's, in my opinion, the wrong approach, you know, to just chase the crowd. If you're doing it just for numbers and you don't have, you know, a professional um, people-oriented hospitality mindset, you really have to start with that mindset. That's great. And so let's talk about the Airbnb algorithm. How did you hack the algorithm? <laughs> and, and what is the hack? <laughs> okay. Well, you know, hack is one of those funny words we use in a lot of different yes. ways. But um, I think the first is recognizing that Airbnb is a search engine, much like Google mm. is a search engine. So Airbnb has to decide in a given area, say there's 300 listings, 400 listings, they can't show them all simultaneously right they have to they have to order them somehow yeah, yeah. and so if you start to think about how they order those uh, there's a lot of factors and we dive into them but if you're thinking from that perspective how do i get shown at the top because think about it if you go to google something or if you go to search for a property on airbnb how many pages do you really flip through right so the idea is how do we get to the top that page one type placements I see. So, and how do you, right? What are some of the criteria you uh, look at or you make sure, like it, it's SEO, right? It is SEO. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So in SEO, we start with what? The click rate. Yeah. So in Airbnb, that is defined or that's controlled by, you have the influence over your photography and your decor. Mm. So if I'm looking at 10 listings on a page, which of those cover photos jumps out at me. And that's done through professional HDR photography, as opposed to don't pull out your camera and think yes. that you're, you know. <laughs> so if you have beautiful, clean decor and nice colors and paint uh, and professional photographies, you'll get that click through. And that's the first factor. That, that is the first factor. And then once someone clicks on it, does Airbnb recognize that these people are getting more clicks? So uh, we need to Correct. put their listing at much higher? Correct. And then the okay. second becomes dwell time. So again, like a website, do I click and bounce or do I click and really consume uh, the content? How much time list? you are spending on that listing? Mm -hmm. So do I have lots of beautiful photos? Do I have a grand description? Right? Are people really pouring over and spending time dwelling on that? So that linger time is a second factor into the algorithm. So you, you, you want to put um, enough description about properties or provide enough details so that one, they spend time and second, they don't waste time, waste time going back and forth with you, right? Because you, if you tell them exactly that this will, that will be Wi-Fi, this is how you'll be logging in, there are numerous places to go nearby, then I think they would spend more time on your listing. Correct. And then your ability to close that sale. Um, ah. Right. And so we control that through our pricing. And we'll talk about technology, but one of the biggest... Um, you know, tools in the toolkit for a host, a super host, is uh, to use a third-party dynamic pricing 
like uh, dynamic pricing. Oh, dynamic pricing. Okay. We can talk about AirDNA too. That's more of a oh, research yes. tool. Yes, correct. Yeah. But the idea that um, there's Airbnb does and 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 Verbio, the the online travel agencies have opened their their data their, through yes, APIs. Yes, their APIs. Yep, they have. Exactly. To. <laughs> exactly. It's so it's like Amazon, this... Google. They all have to open up the APIs so that you know a third party. Maybe it's a plugin. It's a mobile app. They consume and they pretty much manage your booking. If I'm correct. exactly. So then there's softwares that take that data and know precisely for a given date range what the supply and demand looks mm. like. So how many people are searching for that? So these pricing tools will then adjust your base price for you automatically, up or down, to maximize uh, your revenues. No, that that's great. So one more question I have, because when I'm looking for Airbnb properties, I also look at service fee and cleaning fees. Mm -hmm. Is it good to uh, include them in the uh, price or the rate, or is it uh, is it better to show them as a separate line item? You know what? I, I agree. I've always liked to show a lower cleaning fee. You know, because I never. You know, it's a big surprise when you are looking at something that's $200 a night and maybe you're thinking about staying for two nights and then there's a $200 cleaning. Yeah, and when you click on it, you immediately, I, I try to move away when I say, because it shows up at, at the lowest price. When I click on it, they're like, okay, now the total is more than like 10 other listings. And I'm like, immediately I'll close that window. So Airbnb <laughs> has addressed that recently in, okay. a, in a software updates. They call it upfront pricing. Ah. So um, the price per night you see has the, fees already baked and averaged okay. into the nightly prices. So it's a little bit less of a issue than it was say, you know, a year ago, six months ago. No, that, that's great. That's great. And do you only focus on Airbnb or you also focused on Verbo or have you figured out any other short-term rental websites? So I'm a big proponent of sole platform. So if you're on VRBO, if your listeners are somebody out there right now that's successful on, on VRBO, um, stay there. Okay. If, um, however, splitting your time and your attention across multiple platforms, one is a challenge as a host. There's some softwares that help with it, but you're still it's dealing with it. It's very complicated. I was looking at it, like even the calendar, managing the calendar, right? <laughs> There's softwares that help. Yes. But back to the SEO benefits, right? So now if you're performing equally well on two platforms, you're splitting your reviews, ah, you're I splitting see. your clicks, you're splitting your attention, you're, you know, you're if your calendar is blocked 50% of the time on each platform, uh, how do you think the platform is going to respond to that? Are they going to correct. increase you or decrease you? Yeah. No, that, that's a good point. And then uh, another thing I noticed is that um, some of the like, you know, big people, they have like five, 10 cabins in the same area. They also develop their own website and hosting uh, mechanism. Do you also do that or do you recommend that? Like now you have maybe 10 cabins and it's worth to divert that traffic uh, to your own website or is it not worth that? I do, yeah, I do the opposite actually. So I have nine um, cabins and what I do is I do have an individual website that I list all those cabins. I run Facebook ads to the that uh, website mm -hmm. and but I don't take any direct bookings. I see. I push that traffic directly to the Airbnb links for more views. Ah, that makes sense. So, so you can at least see the click rate and how the Facebook ads are performing. Mm -hmm. But then you don't want to manage the 
payment and all that because once all that once you have to start managing the credit card and whatnot right mm -hmm. even though you will use the software it's another headache right and and yeah. as you said the calendar so and it's so another that, seo boost right it's sort of exactly. like link juice right okay that makes sense and at least you can advertise that okay if you like this cabin of mine this is where you should go and you can see all nine cabins and particularly you know friends or past guests you know want to see them right. all in one place Exactly. If someone likes staying at one place, they would prefer to go back to the same place or maybe similar place. Try something new. Yeah, exactly. And with that type of website, you know, we're not doing payment. Uh, you know, it's a striking no. yeah, type of website a... and you can put it together yourself in an hour or two. So do you more focused on it? Then I, I'm assuming you are more focused on Airbnb than VRBO. I am. Um, I have used other platforms, but as I said, you know, I think that, uh, the sole platform approach is the way to go to focus your craft in, in one place uh, and focus your SEO value in one place. And I think that uh, long term, um, Airbnb is doing a really great job yes. attracting audience and growing the, the space. Um, so you know, if you, you got to pick a horse, if you're starting out and picking a horse, you know, I uh, choose to attach my wagon to the one that I think is going to win the long term game. And that's a that's a great point. Like, Think about it where before we would say search on internet. Now you say Google it, right? So <laughs> same way, short term means, oh, did you, did you Airbnb, right? Mm -hmm. It's not did you Verbo, right? Mostly. Mm. So you have to look at what is the biggest uh, marketplace, right? In the industry and, and go for that one first. Now that's great. So uh, another issue I saw with Airbnb when I was looking, and again, I really want to buy at least one short-term rental soon because so that I can use it for myself as well. That's but, another great reason to do it. Exactly. So one issue I had seen is that a lot of time, you know, uh, sometimes the guests do not provide good review and sometimes Airbnb will not pay you for some reason or if there is a cancellation. There were some issues during COVID time. So how, how did you handle those? Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, during the COVID times, I wasn't hit with, um, you know, the forced cancellations, meaning um, I didn't lose a lot of bookings to that. So, but let's not dwell there. Moving forward, you have control over your cancellation policy. There's maybe okay. five or six variations um, that you can choose from. Uh, and then Airbnb manages uh, that policy or Verbo, the, all the platforms have options that you can pick as your um, cancellation policy. So, you know, based on your, you know, what you're comfortable with, um, but the more flexible your cancellation policy is, that's another factor in your search results. Awesome. So let's talk about now the technology side, because you and sure. both I come from IT, right? And how can we not talk about it? What is the short-term rental tax tech for automating all this, right? One cabin, good enough, you can manage. Right. Two cabins, maybe you or your wife can help. But when you go to nine, 10 cabins, you got to have the team in place. And then you also got to have the process uh, structure or a streamlined process. So what, what are the different technology uh, our software is you use. Mm -hmm. The tech stack starts, you mentioned earlier, really at the research phase. So, okay. you know, if someone out there is thinking about where they might want to purchase a vacation rental, a short-term rental, 
and, and are concerned about how well it may or may not do, what the occupancy would be like. There's a, a great uh, website, AirDNA, mm -hmm. that has some free information, and then you can subscribe on a monthly basis. Yes. It, and it's very inexpensive, you know, $20 or $30 a month. Yeah, it's not too bad. I had yeah. subscribed at some point. <laughs> and that gives you investability scores. It gives you regulatory information, average daily rates, seasonality, occupancy levels. So you can determine, is that a good viable market? And start to run some numbers based on average daily rates and average occupancy. That makes so that is the first research phase, and then once you let's say got the property under contract, what, mm -hmm. do you use any kind of technology to move through like due diligence process, etc.? Uh, no, nothing in the due diligence process. The, the next technologies would kind of come into play when you go live, you know, okay. your operations, and the most important there being your, um, your pricing software. Mm -hmm. So, there's a number out there, uh. Uh, price labs, wheelhouse, beyond pricing, they all sort of work in a similar way. And which one do you use? I use price labs. And, and uh, what are the pricing for the software? It's again, real similarly okay. subscription based SaaS model, you know, 19 to $24 a month per property okay. and well worth far in excess. Oh, yes, yes. If it's automatic, dynamic, it's, it's of course. <laughs> and so some people say, you know what, you know, short-term rental investing, it's really hot right now. You know, is it too late to get in? But 90% of hosts don't know what we've already just talked about. 90% of hosts are out there just picking, you know, my, my rate is $200 a night and they're overcharging and being unoccupied during the week yes. and undercharging and over, you know. During the peak market. The weekends, exactly. <laughs> or the peak, right? Because, uh, so that's a, that's a great point. And uh, so other than, of course, add DNA for research and then the automatic pricing for the pricing, is there anything else you use from technology? Yeah, I think there's the two calendar. other really, yep, two, two important tools to, um, to reference. So operationally, you know, once you, as you mentioned, you get past one or two, that's a lot of messages to send. Oh, it's a lot yes. to write. So there are a number of softwares. I use one called Hospitable which yes. is an automated messaging. Messaging, yep. Exactly. So when somebody books or inquires on one of my properties, they get an instantaneous response, which is good for that super host yes. response right. rate, right? And I preload those with information, as you said, to um, cut down on the number of questions asked. So with a single property, you're now only having to answer those very specific questions. You know, mm. How far is it from here? Or do I need to be charcoal for the grill? Those real specific questions. That's, that, that, that totally makes sense. So basically when you are setting those answers or Q&A, you are doing it for the specific property, right? So as soon mm -hmm. as someone massages you for that property, you, right. you will respond back. Okay, makes sense. And what is the fourth software? The fourth software is, you know, I'll refer to is what gets measured gets managed. So we touched on how important it was to be on that first page of, of results. And so there's a software called Rank Breeze mm -hmm. that monitors your listing for its placements across various numbers of guests. So two guests, three guests, four guests, you might be placing in a different um, place. You may be ranking slightly differently, right? The four bedroom house isn't gonna rank that great for 
two guests because two guests are going to tend not to mm, book that right. type of property. So with that data, knowing exactly where you're showing over time, day to day, you can make changes to your pricing or your policies to make sure that you're getting the rank placement that you would like to have, which then subsequently allows you to charge higher prices down the road because you're getting the more views. Uh, that that makes sense. That that's great. That I think that is really important. Other than the pricing, um, so another question I have is that um, once you have figured out all this technology stack, do you uh, any when you started scaling up, did you end up hiring a management company or did you build your own managers like VAs and whatnot to manage all this? I'm about at the place where I'm thinking about VAs. I'm at nine properties. Um, but it's really not that much uh, work in terms of the operations. I spent a lot of my time really in acquisition and renovation mode. But once the properties get going, um, then the, the messaging is, is automated. The pricing is automated. Um, I have great housekeepers that yes. keep an eye on things. They are things. the most important ones. <laughs> they are the most important business partner. Because when I go there and if I see a hair, I'm like, okay, I'm not coming back here. <laughs> And so, then, yeah, you know, yeah. then there's Amazon, you know, so if they need supplies, um, you know, if the cabin needs uh, you know, okay. soaps and shampoos or cleaning supplies, um, I just place an Amazon order and drop ship uh, the materials. And what about if there is any issue with the property? I have, um, you know, I have a, a handyman um, okay. that I can call who's local to, you know, go fix a, you know, loose doorknob or a cabinet door that's come off or a dishwasher that's not working. So that's part of your team. You know, it is, it, it is a team sport, uh, particularly if you're not next door. And I, I actually recommend, you know, if you're not next, just try to build the team and the don't do it yourself, right? Yes. At home, if your toilet clogs up, you call a plumber. Well, if yep. you're a couple hours from your Airbnb and the toilet clogs up, just have a list of plumbers that you've worked with. Yes. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So what about uh, communication, right? So of course you have automated messaging, but mm -hmm. once our guest checks in and if they have issues, do you respond or so that's where I thought a lot of people said that you got to have VA so that, you know, it's 24 seven because someone messages you at 2 a.m. Do you respond or how do you handle that? So um, I don't ever get messages at 2 a.m. Um, as I said, I've managed six properties in a seven-hour time difference when I lived in Athens, Greece. There. Oh wow! Okay. Um, but you know, it's uh, it, it's it's on your phone. You know, so you got an Airbnb app on your phone. Right. Something comes through, you look at it and answer the question if it's something that's specific. You know, it's just with you all the time. Right. No. Anything else we didn't discuss? Any other uh, gotchas? About short-term oh, rentals? <laughs> goodness, goodness, goodness. Um, I don't know. I think we've covered a lot. Um, I focused heavily there on talking about, you know, getting into short-term. There's some, how about this? There's some benefits other than just the money. It should be a fun business. Mm. So if you're professional and you're enjoying your margins, reinvesting in your properties um, is something that, uh, that, if you enjoy doing, neat thing about Airbnb properties is you make it perfect and new 
you know, showroom ready every three days. Yep. Mod so home. unlike the long term <laughs> where, you know, the renter's in there for two yeah. years and then you come in and you, oh, it's a yeah, mess. It's a, yeah. You got to oh restart. gosh, I got to do carpet <laughs> and paint and you're going to spend two months on that. Your yeah. property, you're sort of forcing appreciation through this right, as well because you're just making true. it incrementally better. Let your guests pay for those new upgrades. Uh, no, that, that, that does make sense. Yeah. Cause you are, so another question I have is that for your strategy, do you focus on certain size of cabin? Is, does it have to be 1500 or 2000 square foot minimum? Does it have to have three bedroom minimum? What, what do you target to have in your so property? I have a mixture and everybody has a little different approach on this. Some people really like having the big. Yes, you know, that's what I heard cabin. that you got to have four bedrooms. Um, <laughs> So I have some two bedrooms, I have some three bedrooms, and I have some four bedrooms. Um, what I have learned recently, particularly through, I only started with the Rank Breeze tracking maybe six months to a year ago, is that there's a real sweet spot for the three bedrooms. Hmm. So a, I mentioned earlier, a couple will tend not to book a four, no, four bedroom, bedroom right. right? Couples do book three bedrooms. Three bed, yeah. Right. Like, it's okay if I can't find two bedroom, yeah, three is not a problem. <laughs> so they tend to get a bigger audience, oh, right? So they appeal to a couple staying, they appeal to four people staying, people. they appeal to six people. Yeah. So there is kind of a sweet spot. And if you put a sofa bed, maybe seven also <laughs> would fit in, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. My three bedrooms, you know, you put in a, if you put in a sleeper couch. Couch, yeah. Right. Now you could, if, you know, if we're uh, all good friends, you could put eight in there. And we also get the ability, one of the reasons that people like the bigger properties is you can char charge a higher nightly rate mm. because it's typically going to maybe be split up across two families. Got it. But we're also given the ability in our softwares to charge extra guest By fees. occupancy, yeah. Right. So over, say, three or four guests, now we can get the, we can really segment and get uh, a higher per night rate um, for those stays with more guests. So another question I have, and maybe you will have to take out your crystal ball right there. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> is that um, you and I know that it's been too frothy stock market to, I, I do a lot of crypto to real estate. Real estate has just been last couple of years is on a tier. Is it still a good time to buy real estate like cabins or single family uh, for short term or long term, or is it worth waiting um, right now? I think it depends on your perspective as an investor. Um, I, you know, really did a lot of thinking about this over the last few months. And a lot of real estate professionals outside of short-term rental will say, give the advice, you know, if you're in it for the long haul, I look at it like I'm going to buy on the way up. Right. I'm going to buy on the way down. Got it. In a way, I'm sort of looking forward to the correction so that we can bring these prices back PC, down. Yeah, dollar cost average. <laughs> and, and start buying on the lower end again. So, but I just, I just overpaid for a property that uh, closed one in two weeks. And from a square footage basis, you know, I paid, you know, $50 a square foot more than I would have, you know, six months or a year ago. But the other side of it is the revenue side is up greater than the, um, than the, the acquisition. You, you nailed that, right? It's very important to look at the both sides. And, mm -hmm. and the other thing you mentioned is it's very important that you can't, 
even though I am being very selective, but I can't just sit out of the market. Correct. I'm going to lose all the networking, all the connections I have made, as well as the team I have built. If I just say that, okay, next couple of years, I'm not going to buy. I'm just going to wait it out, right? So it's a process. You got to continue that, you know, including improving your research mechanism, including improving your process and, and keeping your team intact, right? Exactly. So you can't just... Um, sit idle. No, this was great. Thank you so much for sharing all this. Let's take really a quick, enjoyed it. Let's take a quick break. And after the break, we'll go to the same question I ask every guest. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S.com. Welcome back to Wealth Matters Podcast. Thank you so much, Colleen, for sharing a lot of golden nuggets. Which I got even very enticed by short-term rental now because I interviewed someone a couple of weeks ago and we spoke about it. Now I'm getting more and more interested. <laughs> so uh, thank you for sharing all that. Are you ready for fire round? Sure, let's do it. Would you be changing any business or investment strategy after this pandemic is over, if it's going to get over? You know, I have uh, my my one pivot through sort of the COVID times and these high priced times is to focus on my current portfolio and really take a close look there and see where I can add value to my existing properties. No, that that's a great point. I think we have we all had been more than enough time to look back, right, and figure out. Mm -hmm. So that that's great. Favorite real estate or finance or any other business book mm -hmm. other than yours or mine. <laughs> I was going to say yours. <laughs> the book I probably give out the most and recommend is The Richest Man in Babylon. Oh, that's a great book. That's one I of read my it every top few five. Years. It's, yeah. it's my top five. Oh, that's a great book. It's just so much about, you know, not just finance and financial matters, but, you know, discipline yeah. and, you know, um, no, I highly recommend. And it's it's like old is gold. That's such an old book and it, it works in every time, right? If you look back at 1940s uh, to mm -hmm. the 1970s, 80s, and now it's, it's still valid. Absolutely. Any tool or website you recommend or you cannot live without? Don't say Airbnb. I know. Jeez. <laughs> Any tool that I can't live about without? I mean, I, I couldn't live without my price labs. Okay. Yeah, oh, so the pricing is pretty them. important. The pricing is key because it keeps your occupancy high. Yes. So by adjusting those prices, you're, you're keeping your occupancy up, which makes the, uh, the algorithms happy. That's a great point. So two things, I think. One is the algorithms are happy and you have continuous revenue. I can't right. make money when it's sitting yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So people think, oh, I'm only going to rent when it's 300 bucks an hour. But if I can get 200 mm -hmm. bucks an hour for five days instead mm -hmm. of 300 for two days, I think it's it's much better <laughs> in the long haul. Exactly. Any, any advice for beginner investors? You know, do get, get some education, right? There's lots of books. There's lots of good YouTube videos. Get yourself education. Find a uh, find a market where you're interested in that you would um, wouldn't mind spending some time. You know that you have to set these things up. Um, go out there and spend some time and enjoy it, and then just step to the plate. Find a find a, a agent, and you know you might not win that first offer. Um, often in these, I just lost an offer. And it was twenty three bidders. 
So you got to just step to the plate and start swinging and, and learn your craft and learn what you like and uh, you know, kiss a few frogs. Maybe yep. you don't win a few deals, but uh, get out and start. What do they say? It's, it's free to write an offer. Yeah, right now you got to kiss a lot of frogs to find the princess, right? And that's mm -hmm. how it is, the market. But if you don't try, you're not going to get it. Step to the plate. Take yep. a swing. How do you give back? How do I give back? I really wrote the book as, you know, the initial part of my give back because I, I had helped a number of friends. And I there's a lot of books out there that uh, I think um, don't go into the level of detail. And so I really wanted to show people precisely how they could achieve. The idea was, how do I help people achieve financial freedom through this powerful tool? I think short-term rental investing is the greatest, most stable wealth building opportunity for this generation. And then I also coach. Um, so I do a lot of unpaid, uh, you know, preliminary coaching where I'm there to actually deliver as much value in a complimentary um, session, as opposed to, you know, just trying to sell, um, you know, a package. Um, so I do a lot of coaching of potential hosts and new hosts. So love to help you find that short-term rental of yours. Yeah, I think so. How can my listeners reach out to you? Absolutely. The website is hostcoach.co and my contact information there is, is there and uh, Instagram at hostcoach. Thank you so much for sharing golden nuggets with us and thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Alpesh, and thanks to your listeners. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.